beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 would read from verse 1 let's read together one to go Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the teaching of your word. We thank you because our hearts and our minds are open to receive your word. We bind every external force that will try to hinder the word from prevailing. We decree and declare that the word produces results in our lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for illumination. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for the manifestations of the spirit. We thank you for signs, wonders and miracles that accompany this teaching today. In Jesus' holy name we declare. Amen. And the people of God say, Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Alright, so um, this is the concluding episode of Scandalous Strings. I'd love to say that if you want to rejoice, you should rejoice properly. In Jesus' name. Alright, so um, I begin to teach tonight, this morning on scandalously generous. And I am not going to attempt to teach this episode without reminding you of the generosity of the Father towards you. Um, every generosity of the church is a response, is never created. It's a response to the generosity of the Father towards you. Um, this episode or this series has been centered around the scandalous nature of the Father's generosity towards us. It's Christmas and 
There are many things that should be in your spirit at Christmas. Um, um, I made mention during the series that Christmas is, interestingly, um, it's been made to be many things that are not bad. They are not bad things. They are not terrible things. But just many things that are not the real thing. You know, so Christmas is a time when people chill, hang out, go to the movies, go to the beach. You know, it's like they just take a break from everything and all of that. And all through the month of December, what we have been doing is bringing you the flip side of Christmas. Um, Christmas is also supposed to mean speed and acceleration. Christmas is also supposed to mean that all your sins are forgiven. Amen. Christmas is supposed to mean that, you know, um, it came to my heart yesterday morning as I was wishing people a Merry Christmas. It's actually joy to the world, right? Amen. But if you've been in church for a long time, you know I talk about the collective and I talk about the individualized. Alright, so for God so loved the world, or for God so loved your world. You know, you know, that's actually where people miss the link sometimes. When it comes to personalizing things. We, you know, we can hide in the middle of the crowd and say, you know, God loves us. You know, our sins are forgiven. Alright? We are full of the Holy Ghost. Alright? We are born of God and full of the Word. You know, we can, you know, everybody can say we are, we are, we are. But you know, when it comes to personalizing it and making it your own. Sometimes you just realize that people's mouths just get heavy. And they start to remember all the things that they've not done well. All the I's that they've not crossed. All the T's that they've not crossed. And then, you know, all the ways that they feel very unworthy, you know, to make this kind of declaration. How dare I say something like this. So, it is joy to the world, but it is joy to your world. Okay, okay. It is joy to the world, but it is also joy to your world. It's a joy passed and sent to your world. Praise God. Are you getting what I'm saying? What is the world? Let me ask you, what is the world? Made up of cosmos and geographic location. The world is made up of people. So it's actually your world. Not just joy to the world. It is joy to your world. So, that joy is not full and complete until it hits your world and changes how you think. Can you say amen? amen? I'm going to be saying a lot of things on my way to starting this teaching. And let me tell you, it's very intentional. Alright? Um, yesterday, whilst I was meditating, I'm going to put this out. Whilst I was meditating on, on what Christmas means, and I was just spending time in my meditation. The Spirit of God began to speak to me, and I'll share some of that inclination or that gleaning with you this morning. And then we'll just rub some things off, say them on our way to what we want to really say, and then hope that it it just affects you in a new way. Can Can we do that? So, we all have the special day mentality. Everyone sitting here has the special day mentality. Special day mentality has to do with, you know, the day when you're celebrating something. You're either celebrating your birthday, amen. Amen. Celebrating your anniversary, amen. Amen. 
You're celebrating the day you started dating that guy. Amen. Alright, you're celebrating a lot of things. You're celebrating Christmas. Everybody has a special day. And then it seems like on the special day, and, and I'm saying this to both the workforce and everybody in church, but workforce, pay attention more. So on, on that special day, alright, you know what we, many of us do in our houses? We bring out the chinaware, alright, we cook the best food. Some of you cook some things that I've never seen in my life. Yesterday, yesterday people threw down, they threw caution to the wind. No way, I did not even remember you, Dupe. I didn't, you are the one that always gives yourself away. Anyway guys, alright, you know, people just cooked all sorts of amazingness. But you know, it's interesting that you don't do that every day. You know, on your birthday, on your wedding anniversary, on... uh, uh, New Year's Day, Christmas Day, and that's it. So we have the best day mentality. We have, you know, the best day mentality. And the Spirit of God was now beginning to talk to me. I said, but that's not, that's not my style. I don't think like that. I don't think of best days. That's not, that's not my style. That's actually a worldly system that we have accepted, we have adopted. I'm telling you, there are things in this world... That, that has been injected into you. You don't even know when you... So, so there are no... Nothing really is happening until your birthday. Then you get cakes and you get all of those things. On all, all your Christmas day like yesterday. Or New Year's day. Or your wedding anniversary. And then you see all of those things come in. And then everybody, everything goes back to normal. We do it in church. Special events, we have, you know, and I, I hate that, and I've told us, alright, I hate it. You know, you bring in all the accompanying instruments, you bring in extra speakers, you bring in extra this, you make everywhere extra beautiful, extra lovely, people are wearing nice t-shirts, you know what I'm talking about, special events, and all of that, and then, you know, I, sometimes I just wonder how you think that the next Sunday should be. Because by the next Sunday, you are back to normal. Does it not bother you? Hello? Hello? Does it not disturb you? Now, how? So, the way I work is, we're not bringing any external thing. Anytime we jump, we jump. And when we jump, we stay there. You understand what I'm saying? And then we jump again, we stay there. No, don't bring any in there. So, you bring it one Sunday. And then the next, the very next, you think people are not smart, think they will notice. They will notice now. But you see, we have that, we have that. We have special Ashwabi, you know, dressing and all of that. So now, imagine if every day was the best day. Okay, let's, let's, because some of you argue now. You argue in your mind. You're already arguing that it's not possible. How can every day? But stop. Let me now introduce something to you. What if salvation was once a year? Mm-hmm. Now it will sink. It sank when the Spirit of God asked me to. What if uh, peace? What if you enjoyed peace once a week? Hello? What if you enjoyed peace only on your birthday? Okay, what if your sins were forgiven once a year? Once, one day in a whole year. The rest of the 364... You're living with the consciousness of all your guilt. Or let's talk about peace. Or let's talk about joy. Or let's talk about salvation. Okay, let's, let's narrow it down to salvation now. 
What is salvation was once, once a week, every, for the rest of the year. That is, you receive salvation once today, Monday. <laughs> so what, what, what day do you like the most? What day do you like the most? Do you, like, do you have any special day? Tuesday. Okay, great. So, Kachi likes Tuesday. So, imagine you, you receive salvation only on Tuesdays. Just imagine. And then from Monday, skip Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, nothing. See, boring, right? Actually, very disturbing. Very scary. That's the word. Very scary. You see, that's the way of your father. Hmm? His generosity is not, is, not, is not reserved for special days. His gifts to you is to be enjoyed every day. Can you say that? Amen. Amen. God's gift to you is to be enjoyed every day. So now, take that idea and bring it back to your everyday life. Imagine if every day you had something new happening to you. Every day. Something good. Every day. I, I spoke with my friend in Abuja and I was telling him, just imagine every day, today you buy a property, tomorrow, you know, you open a house, next tomorrow you're flying to Dubai, next tomorrow you're giving in millions, next tomorrow. Do you know what Imagine if every day. Some of you are not, you're just looking at me, I'm not giving you information, I'm actually prophesying to you. That's, that's how your mind should be working. Now, the reason why many people are bored out of their socks is because nothing is happening Monday to Friday. Brother, what's going on? Man, I just do. And so we just did the look. All of us just did look. <laughs> Man, how, how far now? Like, what's, what's going on with you? My brother, eh? the sapper. Is this sapper or sapper? It has hit me strong. So there's no way you're not going to be bored if nothing is happening in your life. I'm telling you, there's no way you're not going to be bored. You're going to be bored out of... In fact, some of you are God is even helping you. The boredom will pop out your eye socket. You will be bored. You, you, <laughs> you will lose your mind out of boredom. The truth is God never designed you to be bored. He'll keep you, and he'll keep you busy. If you live in his mind, he'll keep you busy. Yes, and supply. That's why it's called daily benefits. Yes. Hallelujah. Say so thanks be to God who daily loads us with his what? Benefits. Every day. Every day. So I'm trying to just create capacity in your mind right now. That your, your life is not supposed to go once a year before you wear a new clothes. Just imagine if every day you know, you're, you're going to see, let me, I, I, because I, I, I described it, I described it. So every day, you don't just get cakes on your birthday. On your birthday, okay, we go up a notch. And we stay there, you see. We go up a notch. But on a regular day, just imagine that any one of you, on a regular day, you just receive three cakes every day for fun. Three cakes every day, every day, from January to December. You see, you you know you, you see. Don't worry, don't worry. What come here? I'm, I'm going to so I'm going to define I'm going to define something now. I'm, I'm trying to help you. So every day, just imagine every day, every day you just receive cakes every day. I tried to speak with one of the guys in the house, and I said, imagine that I take you to Dubai. I say all oh, bills on me. That's how you have to be thinking, amen. And so the first day that we arrive, I say, you know what? Um. 
I just have a Ferrari for you. It's actually a 2006 Ferrari. Um, it's about it's about it's about 13 million dollars, right? I just want to give it to you. I just I just give it to you, and you receive that. You know, you can put it on eBay. You can sell it off and get 13 million dollars, right? Then the next day, the very next day, I come. I say, you know what? I have a yacht that is it, just about 23 million dollars. Okay, I think it's old, but it's good. It works. And then the third day, I take you out on a on a dinner. And then the fourth day, you know, I I I I I take you shopping, you know. And I say, you know what? Anything in this store. See, some of you are getting it. Some of you are getting it. I'll, I'll soon define what Christmas is. Don't worry. You know? And then you just go. Some of you, you, you know, I'm telling you, if that happens to you for two weeks, non-stop, you will not complain again in your life. And No, no, no. See, oh, see, oh. Whilst I'm doing that, I've healed you too. That you have divine help. So don't worry. Don't, ah, because some people are thinking, ah, yeah, it's not only money. There are some things that, you know, that you be, you, somebody just gets sick. Shut up. <laughs> you understand? I've already healed you too. You know, I've given you divine help. I've given you everything. And all of that. Like, sorted. Your eyes are not paining you. You're not feeling a headache. You understand? And then you're just lavishly supplied like that. Is that the life? Is that the life? So, let me come back to the conversation that Christmas, okay, no, that God did not give you a gift that you can enjoy for only once a day. It's actually every, available every day, right? So, can I define Christmas for you? Should I? Should I? Christmas is God's generous heart invading the scarce spaces of this world. Christmas is God's abundant supply. This is how he introduced himself. God's abundant supply invading the scarce and parched places of this world. Some of you cannot imagine a day, a week full of bountiful provision every day of the week. If that happens to you, some of you will backslide. <laughs> like, man, you know what? Man, what? Because the, the idea that we've painted in, in, in Africa is that only needy people need God. God is bigger than needs. He's not for our needs. You understand? What He brought to us is more than just paying rent and doing this and doing that. He came to give you something you could not give to yourself. Came to bring us redemption. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So imagine how, imagine your mind is working like, and when the Spirit of God, I wrote down things because I, I love me, my, I, I love me, my pen and my notes. I just love that. Yeah. I don't care how digitalized this world gets. I love my pen and paper. It somehow makes me feel smart. <laughs> but are you understand what I'm saying? You see, what I've just introduced to you now is a way of thinking. It's a thought life. It's a, it's a way of thinking. It's a healthy way of thinking. So why should your life go like that? Every day. No, I'm, no. And when I explained to my friend, I said, no, no, not the one that you wake up, you say, Lord, I thank you for the air I breathe. You know, we have to look for something to be grateful for. Have, no, no, I understand that. Please do that. 
please do that. But I'm saying like real tangible progressive stuff. Today you received um, invitation to five different companies and all of them pay well. And now you have to choose which one to go for. It's not the one that you are the only person they always keep. That when, when you stop, they, 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 they've given everybody and you are on the queue. You are next. Then they say, no. We are finished. No. This one is that you have options. Thank you, Lord. This is our reality. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, you should be receiving. No, you should be receiving as the word is coming. You should be receiving. I hear what I'm saying. This is our reality. Now, it gives prayer a new meaning. Hmm. You see, if you spend six hours praying this thing into your consciousness, my dear, you will not be tired though. Ah, my brother, you will never be tired. This thing cannot happen by power, by might. And I can tell you for a fact that there is no company that is offering you this higher life. There is no company that can give it to you. If they give it to you, they will take something in return. They can give it to you and take your health. They can give it to you and take your time. None, I'm telling you. This is, you see, when people come to church and they just do religion, they'll never make progress. So now I can sit down on this street. Lord, you've opened my eyes to this thing. Let me tell you the, the definition. I'm going to my message very soon. I've not said preaching. Let me tell you the definition of poverty. A poor man is the one who doesn't roast that which he receives whilst hunting. He receives something. Another definition of poverty is much food lies in the fallow ground of the poor. There's much food there, but he's poor because the ground remains fallow, even though there's food under. What am I saying? When God opens your mind to this thing, it's not to say, Oh, deep, oh, what, Rema, It's to take that raw meat like that and enter the place of prayer and roast it. Until it becomes something you can experience in your life. This is an exposition. For example, let me give you an example. Final example, then I'll start to say, Amen. Let me give you an example. So you um, have never done first class before on any trip. You've never done first class. And then all of a sudden, somebody calls you up and says, No, no, no. You book a ticket, it's premium economy. And then whilst you are on the plane, you know, somebody just walks up to you and says, um, the company is running a promo and you are the recipient of an upgrade to first class. And they take you from there and take you to the first class experience. Let me tell you what that first class experience is. It's an open door to something you've never experienced before in your life. Now, when you experience it for the first time, you will start to crave it again. You know, so what they did was to open you up. If we stand here to explain first class experience from now till Jesus comes, you will not, you can grasp, but you will not fully grasp. Until you experience it, and then your mind is open to it for the first time, then you, man, man, that's what I want on this trip. Now let me tell you, what we are saying, what I just shared with you, is an opening to what can be. It's an opening to a possibility. Say amen. amen. So it's an opening to a possibility to what can be. Now, the question is not what can be. is now what can be for me. Then this would 
cause you to shut the door. You turn off Instagram. This is real. This is available. It's real for me. Then you start combashing, praying, all those. 2022. Every day. Benefits. Every day. Every day. I'm going to have things coming to me that I say, you know what, now, oh, boy, God. Lord, I thank you. I'm going to have things coming to me that I don't have need for anymore. No, 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 no. So I'm not talking about you stuff. I'm talking about brand new stuff. You that, like I have enough. I have more than enough. You know what? Okay, you know what? Please take, 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 take. That's the future. So every day, you can actually experience no... You see that scripture we read last week? Your, your head will swim. You will not be able to keep up one miracle after the other. One provision after the other. One manifestation until you can't keep up any longer. Say, this is my life. Oh, I want you to shout it out loud. Say, this is my life. Say one more time. This is my life. Can we say amen? Glory! Hallelujah! So I just, I just, that's warm up. I just said that to wake you up. Monday, your needs are met. Tuesday, your needs are met. Wednesday, more than your needs are met. Thursday, you don't have need again. Friday, you're now looking for who's need to meet. <laughs> Oh, Kela Pala Katia Katia. You understand? You understand? All your needs are met. That's the way life should be lived. All needs met. All. I'm telling you, you don't have room to be bored. You don't have room to hold Candy Crush and be playing Candy Crush for three hours. Three hours. <laughs> You know that thing they say, passing time. Let's just pass time. Pass time. No, I decree in the name of Jesus. Everything you do in 2022 eh, will be necessary stuff. Things that are important for your life and, you, and your future. You will not pass time in 2022. You won't pass time. You will, you will play. You understand? You will play when you have to play. Play tough. You understand? You will chill when you have to chill. But you will not be the kind of person that is thinking, let's just be passing time. Amen. If you pass time like that, like that, for six months, my brother, how much other time do you have? Out of 24 hours, you pass six or eight, doing absolute nothing. <laughs> I came for you today. No, Netflix and chill will have time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And when you get up from Netflix, Netflix and chill, you go and do things that are important. Monday to Sunday, you are snuggled in the bed. You say the, the poverty and the wood that will finish you. <laughs> Your mind's got to be busy, you know, getting things. Are you hear what I'm saying? You understand? Even if what you're doing is seeing God revealed in Scripture, you are active. <laughs> you are dating, in fact, you are more active than some people who are jumping bus in Lagos. 
the speed your life will take is, is, is faster than those jumping balls. They don't have it anymore. Okay, sorry. <laughs> oh, I have something to say. Glory! Oh, glory to God! Say this with me. I rejoice in Christ my Savior. I want you to shout it out loud. Say, I rejoice in Christ my Savior. I do not boast or have confidence in the flesh. Christ lives in me. I have got eternal life at work in me. My sins are forgiven. And I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Glory! Oh, glory to God. Oh! Alright. So scandalously generous. We the scandalous series has been me drawing strings of scandalosity. How that the father's love is scandalous in its nature. Um I remember telling us whilst we were dead in our trespasses and sins, Christ came for us. I told us in one of the episodes that um, scandalousness or the scandalousness of the love of the Father was in reaching the things that we needed but we couldn't afford. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We needed to be, to be made alive. We couldn't afford to be made alive. And then He came to make us alive. So it's in reaching things that we need but couldn't afford. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then we... What I want to use the remaining, which I did on Wednesday, Monument, and today, is to show you how that, what your heart's disposition should be towards the scandalous generosity of the Father. That's what I'm doing in these two episodes. What should your heart's disposition be towards the scandalous generosity of the Father? Look at me. You, your giving does not create the flow. Your giving does not create the flow of provision. Your giving did not create redemption. You couldn't have been able to buy redemption with your money. Your giving does not create the flow. If you live in the kingdom of generosity, the natural response would be to be generous. So let me tell you what your giving does. And this is where a lot of church folks have missed it. Let me tell you. Everybody look at me. Under grace, we still sow seeds dangerously. Aha. I'm going somewhere. Under grace, we sow seeds dangerously. We are dangerous givers. Under grace. And I'll, I'll back up what I'm saying now in a few minutes. But we don't give as far as our giving that is providing the supply. You understand? Christ did not need any man's help to bring salvation to you. He did it himself. But let me tell you what your giving does. Your giving increases your capacity to receive what Christ has done. You know who giving impacts? Giving has impact on you, not on God. 
See, listen, listen. God does not see your giving and say, Wow! What a giving! Wow! What a gift! Oh, now let me send all the help. Let me send all the... No, 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 no. God looked at his son and said, Wow! What a gift! You understand? And that's all that he needed to bless you. Every blessing that you need is already available. But you see, look at what happens. I always use this description. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll build something like that. So imagine that this is your heart. Let's assume that this is your heart. Right behind this wall is a tangent dam of supply. Flowing through. That's a tangent dam of God's supply. Now, it's supposed to get to you. But the space in your heart is so small that the supply is flowing in trickles to you. So you know what God says to do? Start giving. Start letting things go. Let it go. Let it go. So that your heart can get bigger so that a mighty supply can flow into your heart. Flow into your life. It's always about capacity when we give. Say Amen. It's not about provoking. Provoke who? You say, I'll give a seed to provoke the Lord. Provoke who? Somebody who said his hands are not short. His ears are not heavy. He told you the only thing that was causing the problem. Which is what? Hey church, which is what? Your sins have separated me. What did Jesus come to do? What did Jesus come to do? Pay for sins. What? Past. Present, if you struggle with past, present, and future, I just want to use a common sense question. Where were you when Jesus died? Where were all your sins when Jesus died? In your past or in your future? So did Jesus, you think Jesus is a software developer? Version 1.0, 1.1. There's always an update on your phone or WhatsApp. They should just create everything. But they're always asking you to update. Jesus is not software developer. He looked at the sin of your entire life and paid and paid in full. Can you hear me? Am I talking to the Blueprint Church? If you know that that's your story, rejoice. Yeah. So that's what generosity does. It expands your heart. You have to put this thing in perspective. So now let's go into the teaching this morning. And we're making a comparison between two churches. The Corinthian church. is very important that you take note of this. And the Macedonian church. Paul planted those two churches. And Paul had very interesting things to say about these two churches. These two churches were located in... This church was located in Corinth, obviously. Which is... A, and Corinth was a commercial nerve center. Each city. That led to Asia. Another that led to Italy. And you know what they have about... Corinth was a bustling city. Things moving. They were rich. They had money. They didn't now begin to write to say to them. These Corinthian church, they were very stubborn. That to them was always to settle one thing or the other. Pull us and, 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 you know, they say, I had preferred this. And marriage problem. Problem. Somebody is sleeping with his father's wife. 
And then they were now stingy. <laughs> it is wealth that makes people generous. No, it is giving. It is money has nothing to do with the equation. If you are so these guys were wealthy. Let's just see how it goes. But I want you to make eye contact with the word. Look at scripture. It will really help you to read from verse 1. He says, moreover, brethren, so Paul is right to, to wheat of the grace of God bestowed church heart going for them. Macedonia and Berea. You remember are things to be sure that it was all between your revelation, your deep revelation of the word of deep, deep. He mm. moves your head, he moves your eyes, he moves, hold it there. <laughs> hold it right there, Lord. Then you now say, Lord, this is my life savings. He say, Lord, you say, son, I know. I know. But let it go. He say, Lord, you don't understand. I did it in Buari time. Buari economy. He say, I know. But I supply your needs according to my riches. Not according to the economy where you live. You say, Lord, don't go there. There are many people that every part of their life is saved. But their finances. <laughs> so let's look at what Paul has to say. It says, the grace of God bestowed on, on the Macedonian church. Verse 2. How that in great trial of, of affliction, in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and deep poverty abounded, deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we should receive the gifts and take upon us the fellowship of the ministry to the saints. This is the Macedonian church. You've got to understand what he says about them. That they had deep poverty. If that's your excuse for not giving. And then they have, they have, um, Abundance of joy. Alright? And despite their poverty, they abounded unto the riches of their liberality. It says in verse 4, that they entreated us to take gifts. You know, um, somebody wants to give you something. I say, no, 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 I don't want it. You say, ah, okay, you don't want it. Immediately, <laughs> you put it back in your pocket. And um, you can take they say, no, purely I don't want. Oh, you don't want. Oh, thank you, thank you. That was too quick. Yes, man, that was too quick. You really didn't want to give that thing. That was too quick. Take. They say, no, no, no. No, take now. That's what the Macedonian took. No, you have to take. No, you have to. Please, you must take. Ah, no, you must take. Ah, no, sir. Please take. The Bible says, Paul says, they entreated us. No doubt. He started begging us to take. That person really wants to give. <laughs> Not when I say, ah, ah, no, no, I don't think I... Oh, oh, yeah, oh, thank, before you even say, no, no, I don't... Ah, thank you, sir. Say amen. So, you know, they entreated... 
them to receive their gifts. Let's continue. Verse 5. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave of their own selves to the Lord. So, the first thing that, that happens is that we give ourselves to the Lord, and unto us by the will of God. So, they gave themselves to the Lord, then they gave themselves to their pastor. They gave themselves to their, 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 their prophets, their, their apostles. Remember, let me, let me say this to you. Paul planted those churches. So he's telling, you see, some of you say, uh, don't, don't compare. If it's, if it's a healthy comparison, it's not bad. Paul is writing to the Corinthian church and saying, look at these guys. you see some things now. Let's continue. Now verse 7, look at this. Very important. He says, therefore, as you are bound in everything, in faith, you know, big faith guy. In utterance, these guys were full of the word. He says, and in knowledge. He says, and in all diligence. He says, and in your love to us. See that you abound in this grace also. What is he talking about? In the grace of what? See that you abound in this grace as well. It means that a person can abound in great utterance, great faith. Great diligence, great knowledge. And when it comes to money, you say, Lord, not my money, not my blood. He says, see that you are bound in this grace. So Paul noticed that it was a grace. And the Macedonian church willingly received upon themselves. Verse 8. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the fraudness of others to prove the sincerity of your love. That's what generosity does. It's proof of the sincerity of your love. How do we know God loves us? He gave. The sincerity of His love in His giving. Now let's continue. That's where this scripture actually comes from. Let's read verse 9. Everybody, let's read it together. I want to go. Stop. That's where that scripture is actually coming from. You see it. You read it in context. He's telling them, look at the Macedonian church. Look at their generosity. Look at how, how liberal they are in their giving. Then in, he says, see that you are bound in this also. Then he gives them a reason. Verse 9, right? For, what's for? Because. What's for? For this purpose. Hallelujah. Now he reminds them. He says, this is why you should do it. He says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes became poor. So that you, through his poverty, might be rich. Now, you see, you can go into that scripture and just pull it out. For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for my sake, nothing has happened to your desire to give. Nothing has happened to your desire to be generous. For my sake, He became poor, so that I, through His poverty, will become rich. There's nothing wrong with that confession. But it's important to see the context. 
He says, emulate this Macedonian church. They were poor. Yet, they gave generously. If you really look at it, I want to say this sanctifiedly and holy. God was poor. In other words, he had only one. One son. Two of us. We know he's rich. We know he's a strong and blessed one. But in terms of, if you have only one naira, are you poor or rich? You're broke. Super broke. God had only one son. He didn't have the luxury of many. One darling begotten son. And then he gave him up. And today he has many sons. It's, it's, a, it's a key, I'm telling you, it's a key reality. I don't even like calling it a principle because it's not a principle. It's a reality. It must hit your spirit. And Paul is saying, I feel about, now let me tell you, you know, I've said this, I said this during the beginning of the series, I'm saying it again. Whenever we're talking about money, you must understand that the, pro, the anointing to prosper people is in the room. He's looking for open hearts. Some people will say, oh, <laughs> they want my money. Keep your money. Keep it. You've been keeping it. And the work has been going on. I started a whole six episodes teaching you about the generosity of, of God. True or false? Six whole full episodes. I'm not after your money. While using only two to show you how you should respond to the generous father. Ah, you've not seen places. <laughs> Rejoice. Glory to God. God is gracious and kind to me. Glory to God forevermore. He says, so we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor. So that you through his poverty might become rich. Now what Paul is actually telling these people is you are rich. Act like so. Give like so. Live like so. Talk like so. Behave like one that you are. Let it reflect in your giving. Can we say amen? amen? Let's look at something very important. Let me leave that for a bit. I'll come back to it. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 11, 8 to 9. I always come with scripture. 2 Corinthians 11, 8 to 9. Woo! Paul is going on all smoking now. He's going all smoking now. He's talking to these Corinthian guys. Looks like they're not listening. So he's smoking now. Let's read together if you found it. Second Corinthians 11. Second Corinthians what? 11 and verse what? 8. Let's read together. Want to go? Uh huh. Verse 9. Stop. Same Macedonia guys. Now guess what? Paul is saying, look, I actually robbed other churches to be able to meet your needs. Like I took from others to minister to you. He's telling the Corinthian church. I took from other churches to minister. Some of you think that you you are very holy if you don't talk about money. You're very, my pastor is so anointed. He never talks about things of this world. He's only full of the Spirit, lifting up holy hands and just worshipping the Lord. If you listen to my teaching on Wednesday, I told you, 
generosity is what makes the gospel spread. The gospel spreads more through the generosity of church folks. No other person can teach about prosperity to his church except the angel over that church. And we say, Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? No, 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 no. Paul says, Look, we robbed other, he used the word, we robbed. <laughs> we robbed other churches to do his service. In other words, we are taking from other people just to maintain our coming to meet with you. And then he now goes on to say, He says, And when I, I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no man for that which was lacking to me. The brethren which came from Macedonia supplied. And in all things I have kept myself from being burdensome unto you. So and so will I keep myself. Paul was saying what it took to bring ministry to you. Somebody else was taking care of it. Why? Because the Corinthian church, they were stingy. Gummy. You know what they call gummy bears? They were gummy. (laughs) If he enters their hand, forget it. Forget about it. He's gone. They wouldn't even give to the ministry that had been of service to them. When Paul came, he said, I did not come with words, enticing words of human wisdom, but in the power of the Spirit. Paul, even when they were, they, there was fornication and adultery in the church, he still ministered grace to them. What did he say? Do you not know that your body is? He didn't say was until your last sin. He says your body still is the temple. Let me tell you, eh? for a pastor to minister grace to people, or for a believer, self, let me know what talking about. For a believer to minister grace to another person when they've erred, that's one of the biggest demonstrations of maturity. I said that well. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. How do we know you're mature? It's not, it's not in all of those things that you do. The demonstration of, of grace to people, even when they failed, that's a real test of maturity. And let me tell you how you know you are mature to yourself. Is when you, despite when you fail, you receive the amazing grace of God for yourself. That is true Christian maturity. The Bible did not say grow in the law. The Bible says grow in grace. And so it's only the grace of God that grows people. Grow in grace. And in the knowledge of Moses. In the knowledge of who? Of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we shout Amen. Oh, church, I want you to shout, Amen. Amen. So, the, the same Macedonian church supplied. Let's look at another scripture. Philippians 4, 15 to 19. If you're there, say, Amen. If you're not there, say, wait for me. Alright, we'll wait for you for a few seconds. Mm. Philippians is in the New Testament. <laughs> no, actually, Philippians is before Genesis. After Revelation. 
Philippians 4.15, look at what it says. It says, now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, look at this. Let's read this together once ago. When I departed from what? Macedonia. No church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire the fruit that may abound to your account. You see, Paul said, look, no other church. He was talking about, he was shading the Corinthian church. No other church communicated with me with regards to giving and receiving. And you see, Paul, thank you, precious Holy Ghost. Paul did not say with regards to giving. He said with regards to what? Giving and receiving. There is a receiving at the end of the giving. You don't understand it. You focus on your giving. You magnify it. There is a receiving at the end of every giving. Oh, you didn't hear what I'm saying. Look, there is a receiving at the end of every giving. And that receiving sometimes may not be money. The receiving is an increase in capacity. So Paul did not say concerning giving. And that's what you must understand. It's not just concerning giving. It's concerning giving and receiving. What that means is that when something leaves your hand, it does not leave your life. It comes back. There is a receiving that comes from giving. And you must understand it. Otherwise you won't give. I told you on Wednesday. Until you build a monument around the redemption of Jesus, you will never be generous. That monument has to be in your mind. You know, there are people who will be generous today, and then they'll become braggadocious. You know, look at the gift that I gave. You know, I'm the one responsible. Nothing will make us brag except we boast in the Lord. Because how can I outgive Him? And the church must be taught properly. You must be taught properly. One area that Satan is after is people's finances. He knows. First of all, if you're re, if you're okay, if you're saved, full of the Holy Ghost, the next thing that you need to, to do is money. I'm telling you. So if he brings all manner of confusion, useless arguments, you know, all manner of confusion, just keep you stuck. To not being generous. And on, on Wednesday, you probably need to go and listen to that message. I told you, I told you, Satan can even be happy for you to be generous to the poor. He can be very happy. But for you to be generous to the cause of Christ, it puts a lot of blockages in your mind concerning it. When he came to Jesus, as he was, you know, receiving the generosity of that woman that broke the box on him, the Bible says, he said, ah, this thing could have been sold for X, Y, Z amount. So they knew the price. And they knew it was expensive. And then they said, I'm giving to the poor. Ah, wait a minute. Jesus is here. They are talking about giving to the poor. You know, some of you in your mind, you think, oh, Jesus should have endorsed it. 
Jesus would have said, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, give to the poor. You know, that's why we're here to give to the poor. Jesus said, shut up. Keep your mouth shut. The poor you always have amongst you. But me, you will not always have. So he said, leave her alone. That which she has done. Alright? Has marked the beauty of my gospel. Till I come back again. And then he says, wherever this gospel is preached. Go and read that scripture. All around the world. That which this woman has done will be spoken about. What did she do? She was generous. In other words, Jesus was saying, everywhere this gospel is going to reach all around the world, generosity is going to herald it. In other words, the generosity of the people heralding it will be spoken about when this gospel goes. You, you know, some of you would think Jesus would have said, you know, yeah, that's true. Gentle Jesus and make a mouth. You know. Oh please. Woman I rebuke you. You don't do that to me. Not my type. Please take it to the poor. Not my type. Oh woman. Oh woman you have desecrated me with, your, with this. Jesus rebukes the. Guess what. These same guys. They were his disciples. In fact one of them was actually that Judas guy. Jesus said about him, it's not like he actually cared about the poor. But he was already stealing from the money, offering money. So there's a difference between your giving to the poor and your giving to the cause. Or some of you quote the scripture. I didn't want to touch it. But some of you quote the scripture. He that giveth to the poor, lendeth to the Lord, and he will repay him. You know where that scripture was quoted? It was quoted under the old covenant. So God owes me as I've given to the poor. God owes no man anything. Hey, 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 hey. hey church, that scripture was, was said in the Old Covenant, Proverbs, in the Old Covenant, right? Now here's, here's the point. The idea was that they were still trying to encourage the spirit of generosity among the camp. So God now said, okay, tell them that if they give generosity to the poor, right, I owe them. You know, if somebody, ah, God owes me. So he goes, ah, yeah, let me give. God owes me. Today, God owes no man anything. You know why? He has given his son, Jesus. And that's the best gift he could ever give. Now, today, we give because we know that he's been generous towards us. And we say, Amen. That's why we give. Because God is generous to us. God owes me nothing. And we say, Amen. The Lord, you are owing me. You are owing me. You know, are owing me. You are nigh. You are owing me. He owes you nothing. There's nothing He has not made available in the finished work. Your job is to get up and take all that belongs to you. Just get up and take. Rise up and take what belongs to you. You take it in the place of prayer. You take it with your confessions. You take it with your declarations. You take. You take with your generosity. You take. Capacity is increased. You want to do mighty things to God. You see, that's why you have plans for your health. You have plans for your this. You have plans for your that. You have plans for your trip. You better have plans for your giving. Make it a priority. Make it a fun, broader conversation. Look, 
set aside what you're going to give to the poor. But that's not that. You see, you know, when it comes to the poor, we do it on our birthday, on our, you know, <laughs> you know, all of those times when we, you know, it's just, it's, 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 they call it random acts of kindness. It's those things people do to make themselves just feel like, mm, um, ah, that, that week you're walking on air. See what I've just done. When it comes to the cause of Christ, ah, they are looking for our money. They want to chop it. They want to steal it. Jesus said, look, the poor you always have amongst you. But the cause, the cause will have to be remembered all the time. And you make plans for it in your giving. And we say, Amen. Is this instructive enough? Give the Lord a shout of praise. Glory. So Paul says, not that I desire a gift. Let's look into scripture please. But I desire, verse 17. But I desire the fruits that may abound unto you. Now look at this. He says, but, verse 18. But I have all and abound. I am full. Having received from that guy. The things which were sent from you, who, the, 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 the Philippian guys, the Macedonian guys, right? Let's continue. It says, an order of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Now, let's read verse 19 together. Want to go? Context, what was he talking about? Thank you. He was... He was highlighting the generosity of the church in Macedonia. Then riches, my God, shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. You go, Philippians 4 1 9. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches. Philippians 4 1 9. My God, you are not it. <laughs> Philippians 4 1 9. My God. <laughs> My God shall supply all my needs according to My friend, keep quiet. Keep quiet, John. They were talking about people's generosity. They were talking about their generosity. And in response, Paul says, My God shall supply. You know, when we were in school, when we were in school, we used to have this conference, myself and my friends. We called it a conference. Truly, we gather on Saturday morning in Pastor Ray's house. And we would gist and talk scripture. So there was a time that Pastor Tosin was teaching. And he said, you know why Paul said, my God shall supply all your needs. Because Paul himself did not have needs. And we all say, wow, yeah, that's true. Glory to God. Now I know why he didn't have needs. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The reason why he didn't have needs was because the Macedonian church had supplied all his needs. So now, my own God shall supply all your needs because all my needs are met. It was not met by God. It was met by the hands of believers in the Macedonian church. Are you seeing Bible? Say Amen. Amen. So there is, there, you see, let me tell you. Daddy Hagin said this. As a, a church that is, for example, we have a meeting coming up. You should be excited. You should be getting ready to give. Getting ready to rejoice with your, with your you know, you should be part of it with your giving. I was on a, I was on a book launch yesterday or day before. I can't remember, Thursday or, day or so, on Zoom. 
And when it was time to give, they said they wanted to print out the book. And it was time to give. I noticed something. All of us said what we were going to give. I said what I was going to give. Alright? It was a small figure. It was 250000 So I said what I was going to give. Told them when I was going to give it. And I noticed that the pastor didn't give. And I just recorded it in my mind. You see, because when you are giving to me, to me, I learned that from my father, Colonel Moyo. When they are taking the offering round in church, alright, he gives into the anointing. Into the anointing. Because the anointing is, how do I say it? The anointing is the anointing. Do you understand what I'm saying? It functions through me, but it's the anointing. So you must recognize it. This is a by the way. You see, let me tell you. Being a pastor doesn't make you rich. Say amen. amen. There are many broke pastors in town. Broke. They broke, eh? <laughs> in fact, they are broke, he's broken. Broke! Everything we teach, we do. I'm a believer first before I'm a pastor. Say amen. amen. Say amen on my behalf. Amen. You understand? I'm a believer first before I'm a pastor. Yes, sir. You understand? So whatever I teach, I do. You know, this is how we are going to... You understand what I'm saying? Capacity increase. All of that, it happens through our own generosity. We lead from the front. From the front, too. And those of you who have been around me for a while, you know. We lead from the front. Because I understand that even me, too, I have to break this hold of stinginess. As I'm teaching you, I'm teaching myself 15 times. Hey, you don't understand. As I'm teaching you like this, I'm teaching myself. When the time comes like this, in the name of Jesus, this money must leave my account now in Jesus' name. Amen. Go. 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 Move. <laughs> I've made it a practice. I have envelopes in my, in my car now. White envelopes. I've made it a practice. There's a place. Can I give you a secret? There's a... How many of you know Providence Bank? Yeah, they give me money. Have you noticed? Oh, you don't notice? Ah, if you need mint money, I can show you <laughs> So you go there, you just do like 100k. Put it somewhere. And as you are moving like this, any, anywhere you see a man of God like this, you catch them. Some of them, like in a few weeks, I'm going to Benin to go and see Bishop Wally. Ah, ah. You think I'll go empty-handed? My mother did not give that to a fool. You, you make a decision like that. As you are making goals for the year 2021. Make finance goals too. I'm going to give my first 500,000 this year. My first 1 million to the gospel this year. You understand? Say this with me, I'm generous. I am generous. Pastors, look at, look, at, look at what happens. Pastors, they don't give. Let me tell you. I've seen pastors. They go for meetings. Now, of course, if you don't have money in your account, that's different. 
They go for meetings. They go into meetings. They when it's time for giving, for the offering, eh? they will now walk out to go and ease themselves. Pastors. I'm not talking about pastors. If you talk to those people, you will just notice that their minds are small. But how big and flamboyant they appear, their minds are small. When you go to meetings, and I said one time, I think two or three years ago, and I'm trusting the Lord, that's my stress. You know, I said, Lord, in my room, I said, Dear Lord Jesus, I want a situation where whenever money is called anywhere around the world, I'm going to be able to respond. Let's look at one last scripture. Are we ready? Are we ready? Are you excited? Give the Lord a shout of praise. We'll look at this last scripture and then we'll close. No, two more scriptures. 2 Corinthians 9, from verse 1 to 10. Let's read this in context as well. Alright, 2 Corinthians 9, from verse 1 to 10. Please make sure you're making eye contact with God's word. It says, For as touching the ministry to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. For I know the fraudness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia and Achaia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal have provoked very many. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our <laughs> actually, let me explain, because some of you are saying, ah, but he boasted of them. Mm-mm. Let me explain. Okay, let's, let's scripture explain. It says, yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain. <laughs> in this behalf, that as I said, ye may be what? Ready. He had already boasted of them ahead of time. So now he's writing to them, saying, oh, well, live up to the boast. So don't go and fall my hand. I've already told them that you are ready. You're ready. Let's keep reading. Verse 4. Less happily, if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, we, that is, that we say not, ye should be ashamed in this same confident <laughs> Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up before your bounty, beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before, that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. Whenever it come to giving, they have to cite these people, wind them, wind them. Wind them, wind them, promise them, promise them, wind them, wind them, wind them, wind them. Now, part of the whining that, that Paul is, is giving is her. I have boasted about you. You people should not do this. So. <laughs> Don't do this to me. <laughs> He's whining them. See, we are that person. Let me tell you, let me tell you how some, how some Christians do it. The Lord has not spoken to me. Hmm. The Lord, thank you. From this, the Lord has not spoken to me. I have to be moved in my spirit. The issue is, you are never moved. 
we can't count one time you are moving. Oh, rock of ages. <laughs> Clear for me. <laughs> you, see, you see, when it comes to this giving, <laughs> nothing. <you know. laughs> I'm a rock. <laughs> it can, it, it, there was a story of a pastor. He came out, he told the congregation. He said, can't you people see? Can't you people see my wife? She has not been going to school. Uh, she has not, we can't buy clothes. My children, no school fees. We can't take them to school. Give now. What have I done to you people? Give now. Guess what? The church did you not give. <laughs> oh my Lord and my God. Oh, thanks be to God. You see, as a pastor, you must know that your, that your congregation is not your source. Ah. If you discover late, sorry. <laughs> the Lord can use them. And the Lord can use others. Oh, but if you wait on your congregation. <laughs> uh, the poverty. As a pastor, I'm telling you, these are the things. You know, you, you have to know these things. Look, let me tell you, God blesses me. He has chosen to bless me through, through my own generosity. Because I'm a believer first. But let's continue. Alright. Verse 6. Are you being blessed by this? Yeah. You know, this one teaching service on giving, everybody's laughing. They were happy. <laughs> if you are, you're not happy, if you are teaching about giving, I say everybody's face goes strong like that. Calm down. <laughs> Rejoice. Glory to God. Verse 6. Let's look at verse 6. He says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also reap what? Sparingly. And he who sows what? Bountifully shall also reap what? Bountifully. That's in the new covenant. Let's look at the next verse. Every man, according as he has what? Proposed in his heart, so let him give what? Not ne- grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now let's look at verse 8. Let's read it together. I want to go. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound unto every good work. Look at how it flows. Purpose in your heart. Whatever you purpose in your heart, God is able to make that grace abound towards you. It's a flow. But you see, that's, and God is able to make all grace. Just like my God shall supply all my needs. It's not a standalone. It's a context. See? Yes, Believers, they can enter there, pull it out. And say, you must be to me what I want you to be to me. This is the context. Whatever you purpose to give in your heart, God is able to make that grace abound towards you. So what is the problem now? The heart. True or false? What have you purposed in your heart? See, let me ask you. Even with money you don't yet own, you are still stingy. Okay, give imaginarily. You are still stingy. Give out of your imagination. Or you are just imagine and give. Even in that imagination, you are still stingy. 
Bible says God is able to make all grace about. He said, let there be man. Purpose in your heart. Okay, sit down. And purpose in your heart. What I, what I want to give. Now, you can't see purpose in your heart. This has you purpose in your heart, so let him be. And he says, God is able to... Let's look at that scripture in another translation. Don't worry, I'll soon be done. Can we say amen? amen. God is gracious and kind to me. Say, God is gracious and kind to me. Shout it out loud. Say, God is gracious and kind to me. Say one more time. God is gracious and kind to me. I want to show you. This guy made mention of this. And I want to show you what God's dream for your finances is. It's been God's dream for my finances. And I want to show you. It's God's dream for your finances too. Let me show you in, in a nice translation. Let's do Amplify. Aha. Let's do Amplify. If, we just, if you're using version, if you click on, on, if you click to highlight, you can just hit on compare and it will show different translations. Let's look at the Amplify. It says, and God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you that you may always under all circumstances, regardless of the need. Wow. Have complete sufficiency in everything. Being completely self-sufficient in Him. And have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. Hey church, does it say a few good works? It says what? Every good work. So, now look up at me everybody please. Imagine... That from today, you have an abo- You know the reason why some of us actually look down on a project and stuff? Because we don't have. Then we now spiritualize it. Now say, that's not very holy. <laughs> that's, that's not very... That's not, I don't believe that. That's where my finance should be going right now. Question, is it a good work? Have you answered that question? Is it a good work? The goal is that you have for every good work. Let's start with that. Every good work. Oh, my, my, my sister, you are doing a good work. I have for you. Hi. My brother, you are doing a good work. Ah, we have for you. Mm. You see, let me tell you. Let me say this. Church, are you listening to me? This is our, our reality. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. sir, we are not only going to be generous towards blueprints. If I hear there is another ministry down the road trying to do a good work, we will be generous towards them. Amen. Say Amen. amen. This is my team, my team, my team, my team. It's God's team. Yes, sir. We'll be generous towards them. The more, the more, the merrier. Mm-hmm. You understand? The more, the merrier. If we're all preaching this gospel, better. 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 We'll do more, quicker, mm-hmm. faster. You understand what I'm saying? We'll do more. If it's not our church, then we can't give to it. No, 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 no. That's a small way of thinking. Every good work. So before you cancel, is it a good work? Somebody says they want to, they want to put leadership in schools. Is it a good work? That's God's dream for you. Paul was highlighting it to the church. Now look at what he didn't stop there. He says, an act of charity. I like the translation that says, and charitable donations. In other words, we finished good work, we've now come to charity now. 
I know when it comes to charity, it is, let's give. Yes, we are not expecting anything back. Let's just give. Charitable donation. This is God's dream for your finances. Can we say amen? Can we shout amen? amen. Say this with me. This is God's dream for my finances. Last scripture, I promise. This is the last one, I promise. Why are you being blessed? Timmy, are you being blessed? Are you being blessed? Julia, are you being blessed? Can we say amen? Let's look at the last scripture. Proverbs 11. That's where I want to close. 24 and 25. We'll read it together. You want to go back to the King James and let's just read it together. Let's read it together. I want to go. There is. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Next verse. Wow. That's where we're closing today. There's one that scatters. Yet has. There's one that holds back. Yet does not have. Think about it. How can you be a scatterer? Yet you still have. Under God's economy. You scatter. Yet you have. You hold back. Yet you don't have. Can you explain it? One person scatters. Yet has. Another person holds back. And is looking for what he held back. Then the Bible says, The liberal soul shall be made fat. Say this with me, I'm a liberal soul. Say it again. Say, I'm a liberal soul. Are you excited about this? Say one more time, I'm a liberal soul. Say it again, I'm a liberal soul. So we're closing this series on this note. And whilst I was driving to church, I said, Lord, I want to pastor a generous church. A church with people who respond with joy. I don't want to pastor a Corinthian church. I want to pastor a Macedonian church. A church that is overflowing in their generosity towards the gospel. Can we say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Are you a Macedonian church? Are you a Corinthian church? (laughs) What church are you? Macedonian church. (laughs) They say, okay, what church are you? The Blueprint Church. We're going to stand to our feet. Now, look, look at me. Look at me, everyone, please. This teaching is God bringing you His heart, your response to His generosity. I would never preach a message on generosity without first hammering on God's generosity towards you. It starts from there. Look, let me tell you. If I don't do that, any other thing will be manipulated. See His love. 
respond to His love. We're going to pray as we rise to our feet. We're going to pray intentionally. First, that the power of scarcity is broken off of your life. And that you live in abundance in your, in your mind, in your thinking, in your imagination. We live in abundance in the name of Jesus. You're going to pray out loud. And you're going to pray for yourself. Lift up your voice and pray in the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Thank you for engaging yourself in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hellofatblueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Cheers.